Welcome to E-Commerce Insiders, A Journey to Success, where we dive deep into the heart of e-commerce, uncovering the secrets behind successful online stores and the entrepreneurs who run them. Hosted by Chris Morano, each episode includes insights, strategies, and inspirational stories designed to guide e-commerce store owners on their journey to building remarkable brands. Whether you're starting up or scaling up, we're here to light the way, sharing the experiences of those who have made their mark. Let's get ready to build your dream brand together. Welcome back to our podcast, E-Commerce Insiders, The Journey to Success. Today, we're joined by Terrence Diggs, an entrepreneur, designer, and the visionary behind D17, a sportswear and lifestyle brand that's making waves in the running community. Terrence shares his fascinating transition from a college designer for local musicians and small businesses in Baltimore to the founder of a brand that marries athletics, design, and community. His journey is a testament to the power of combining one's passion with a keen sense of business and marketing. D17 stands out not just for its innovative designs, but also for its commitment to creating opportunities through sports and fostering a sense of community. Join us today as Terrence delves into the evolution of D17, the importance of consumer feedback, and how embracing a mission-driven approach has propelled his brand into the spotlight. This episode is packed with inspiration and insights for anyone looking to make a meaningful impact in their business. Let's get into it. Hey, Terrence, thanks a lot for hopping on the show today. Before we get into e-commerce and your specific business, why don't we give the audience a little background about who you are and kind of how you got started? Yeah. So my name is Terrence Diggs. For those that don't know me, um, I'm a Baltimore area-based entrepreneur, designer, creative kind of person. Um, Kind of just going back to the origins, I guess, probably started for me in college, Um I used to be like the designer, you know, in the Baltimore area for a lot of like small businesses and a lot of musicians out here. So that's where I started making oh, cool. t-shirts and logos and, uh, you know, postcards, stuff like that. Just small things because I was a design major um, in school. And then over time, I kind of figured once I graduated, literally like the day before I walked across the stage in 2016, I was like, I think I'm going to start a business. So I don't know why that came to me on the last day when I was about to move out of my apartment at the time, but um, for some reason it just kept going and being able to kind of take my design skills and put them in kind of both the marketing and like advertising space. Cause that, w- that wasn't really by background coming out um, mm-hmm. over time, learning about, you know, SEO, building websites, social media, email, you know, just everything you can under the sun to really get my belt together. Cause I had the creative and technical side. So now I have to get mm-hmm. down under the, you know, more business marketing proficiency side. And here we are almost 10 years later, started a business called D17. Uh, we make sportswear and athletic wear and kind of like a lifestyle brand mixture within the world. Um, mm-hmm. currently trying to take over the running space and, uh, taking chances, designing solutions for athletes and having fun while I'm doing it. So here we are. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's awesome. It's always interesting to hear, you know, we all have like the things we're good at starting out and maybe this is what we can dive deeper into is like the figure it out aspect of Mm -hmm. e-commerce. 
Um, what was it like? So give us a little bit deeper dive into D17. Yeah. So D17, we live by the three principles of athletics, design, and community. Um, so really that means is being able to create opportunity through sport. Um, I was an athlete my entire life, really all the way from, you know, elementary to college. I didn't get to play on the teams, which kind of, uh, kind of stopped me, um, just, you know, recruiting and tuitions mm-hmm. and stuff like that and not getting the scholarship. So, you know, I still actively played intramural stuff when I was in college and a little bit of club stuff, um, as well. But also I was always interested in just like sports gear. You know, I was, like I said, I was a design and art major. I always was interested, um, in that kind of sector too, and always kind of played in both roles. And I think always mm-hmm. in my athletic career, I always wanted to kind of mesh those things together. Like I was super inspired, like when Allen Iverson was wearing the arm sleeve and, you know, I remember I was playing, I used to play uh golf for my high school team and there's somewhere in a yearbook that I wore, I wore arm sleeve on the golf course. So, you know, at the time I thought I was this pioneer, probably looked stupid, but, you know, being able to do that. And then once I got to the point of really learning and seeing like a lot of the bigger brands, um, like an off-white, Bape, Stussy, like really in those streetwear realms, Supreme, mm-hmm. and being able to kind of see those things. And I was like, man, I really wish I could see what I can do for that and give to that community just of like sneakerheads and designers and a lot of those niche, uh, you know, subcultures that I kind of grew up with. And then yep. over time, I got back into running. And then being able to be like, hey, how can I tie that now into the business and taking all those passions that I've had and they've all grown under D17. And now I've been, you know, I'm obsessed with sports that I didn't even really was a fan of. And that's kind of where, you know, our, our, our kind of ethos comes in with bringing awareness to sports and how to get involved in them and how to participate as well as being able to kind of bring shifts in the industry, especially like for running, especially for um, a lot of black owned businesses, being able to kind of be that figure in forefront. Um, But a lot of people don't really see that. Like I mentioned before, I kind of play both sides. Like, yeah, I'll do the designs for the shirts, but I'm also in the back end trying to figure out, you know, what I can get out of SEMrush or my Google search console and stuff like that. Like, so a lot of times in, in going to my full-time entrepreneur journey, I've kind of picked that up from every, uh, you know, company that I've been with before, you know, being, I was just the graphic designer, but I was like, Hey, can I, what is this Google analytics thing? And how can I kind of attest that? And I'm, I'm a type of guy that I'm obsessed with data. And sometimes I'll even do designs based on the data and what I'm seeing on top of the trends and, you know, how that can really impact the business and kind of push us forward. And like I said, here we are. And I think still that inspiration is still seen today and I'm glad it's able to show. And D17 is what came out of it. It's like my little brain birth child. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Hey, I can, I can relate. I mean, I think when you have a passion for something to your core, Mm -hmm. the, it truly is like this, uh, it's like an extension of yourself as you start to see it come to fruition. It's the yeah, same thing sure. with my company is like the passion behind it, the figure it out mentality, the grind it out. Interesting in my experience in working with the creative 
visionary types um, to pair that with someone who also has a passion for analytics and data is a very interesting um, hybrid in that I usually don't find that when we work with videographers and, and producers and different things for the creative side of the business. Generally, it's really that kind of big thinking, open-minded, less about the data and numbers. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to hear you say that like that is a side passion of yours. Uh, how has that helped you to evolve on the business side of D17? I think it definitely helped, at least for one, really kind of identify, like we were talking about before the call, how can I turn it from, hey, I'm making t-shirts to I'm now presenting a brand. Um, Mm. And I kind of, I feel like I'm going to tell this mini snippet until I'm I'm done with my journey. But when Mm -hmm. I originally started the business, I kind of wanted to be this you know, kind of high-end clothing brand thing. And eventually kind of looking back, um, I had one of my friends, she wore one of my products to the gym and she texted me and she was like, you know, I I love this gym shirt. Like, it's so nice. And I was like, that's not what it's for. Like, you know, (laughs) so, you know, that's where you kind of, you know, in my mind, I'm doing, you know, market research and getting consumer feedback and stuff like that. And like I said, I grew up my whole life being an athlete. So I think people Mm -hmm. automatically assume that it was an athletic brand. So that's when I kind of started to look at the numbers and being like, hey, when I started posting my content, you know, looking back in our social media software, being like, I'm getting more engagement on stuff that's necessarily about athletics or if I'm sponsoring a soccer team or if I'm attending an event, you know, I, we made t-shirts for uh, one of our teams, District Rain, when they played in a, a, a league a cup championship. More people mm-hmm. were interested in that than me trying to push like the high end kind of stuff. And then once I was kind of looking at that, I'm like, okay, let's go down this athletics thing. And then it's like, okay, which part of it do do I want to try to be this type of challenger brand? Do I want to kind of just flow my own way? Could I do that in a market like basketball? I don't think so. Could I do it in football? Probably not. So I got into running. I don't know how in my mind I got into it, but being able to look at that and kind of understand like, okay, what type of content and landing pages, blogs, uh, video do I need to create in order to one, get my message out and two, get that authority because it's already hard to find brands like mine. And how can I step out and kind of differentiate myself with my name, which is literally just a letter and a number. And then mm-hmm. once you kind of go into Google and you're like, okay, well, when the heck did Honda get a D17 engine from 1997 that people are still <laughs> vintagely restoring for years. I can, you know, I've been trying to get through that. And then it's like, you know, you have to go back and look and see the numbers and like, okay, what are people searching when they're looking for me? What are things that I can do kind of from a brand side? You know, there's also a D17 tractor. I've even reached out to the company to like, hey, can we do a collaboration photo shoot on one of your tractors that might necessarily help both of our rankings or something? But (laughs) I don't know what I would make, but, you know, being able to kind of play those things and, you know, marketing is consistently changing and, you know, different platforms to sell on. It's like, you know, 
what can I see from the numbers if I'm looking at engagement or if I'm looking at just impressions? What am I trying to get? I'm a, I'm a big conversions guy. So it's like, mm-hmm. what avenues do I think will be the best ones, both for budget and just from a brand standpoint to get those conversions? Um, and for me, it starts with just making the site simple, you know, getting our site speed together and mobile optimize, um, being able to be translated into other languages. Um, if I want to try to get that global aspect and then also making it easy to find, because a lot of people instantly would just go d17.com, you know, it's not necessarily right. going to ping me, but you know, how many, you know, domains can I grab and where can I put them? Um, but not having too many that it's confusing and then kind of yeah. just honing it all back in together. So it's not this big, you know, Michigash mess. It's actually together right. and concise, easy to find, easy to purchase and easy to get in your closet within, you know, one to two weeks. Yep. It's awesome. I mean, it's so. You're, Sorry, you're, that was a lot. <laughs> no, you're just as technical as I am. So it's it's really interesting. A lot of times in speaking to different founders and, and brand owners, um, they're really good and honed in on one aspect of what they do. Um, whether that's like, hey, we have one client that's really good at creating his own content. Can't run ads to save his life. That's why he brings us on. It's really interesting to hear someone who has started a brand, bootstrapped it, and has the full understanding of site speed, search console, analytics. It's a conversation I've found rarely had. Um, and, and people focus on like, hey, this perfect hat material. Um, but not understanding if those hats are going to sell because you're not looking at the data, which tells you one thing or another. Uh, it's just, it's refreshing to hear all that information. Yeah, it's definitely, I would definitely give a lot of props to my mom who, who did a lot of years. I'm in the advertising space. So she kind of was awesome. like my early mentor. Like I remember mm-hmm. going um, you know, to all the offices and, you know, there she's still be doing pitch decks and I'm in the back, like on Photoshop, you know, CS one, I think it used to be called like Corel painter or something. I just like remember yeah. doing all that. And I remember one thing she told me when it comes to the business side, or at least she was a media buyer and it was always okay. being able to be like, you know, you have to be able to understand kind of everything, you know, if I want to be, yep. Not necessarily that, you know, the head dog, but like if I want right. to be able to produce the best videos, I need to understand, you know, the encoding. I need to understand color grading. I need to understand storytelling. And then on the other side, how can we optimize it for YouTube, for social, for right. Instagram, for Twitter, for ads? Yep. You know, you have to be able to kind of understand that. And I feel like that's always helped me just kind of one, figure out new stuff. And to mm-hmm. be able to kind of understand how I want to create, it's like, oh, you know, reels and, you know, portrait video is different. How can we kind of change that? And then my creative juice gets flowing and then I'm kind of working on the technical side of it as well. So it's definitely helped being that, you know, our team is very small that I can jump in those mm-hmm. different chairs and, you know, someone can come to me and be like, hey, you know, we have this creative pitch. I can say, okay, well, let's talk about this. Let's talk about that. Or even if it's B, they want to talk about, you know, being able to do collaborations. Like I mentioned with these bigger brands, they want to know what's going on and how their stuff is going to work and how it's presented. And I'm able to do that and then kind of just go in from there. So that's how I got my start was media buying as well back. 
15 years ago. It really comes down to like think the forward thinking of cause and effect. I think that's a really important part of all of this is like, what's going to happen if we integrate this? What's going to happen if we test this market or this platform? If you are looking for a community of fellow e-commerce store owners who you can bounce ideas off of and learn from and answer questions and just be around like-minded people, join our private Facebook group, E-Commerce Insiders, where you'll be able to learn from fellow store owners and also be able to provide insights. Join our private Facebook group. There's a link in the show notes below or just go on Facebook and search e-commerce insiders. It is a private group, so you will have to answer three very easy questions. Also, if you have any intention of selling anything, this group is not for you. Our goal is to provide as much value as possible to the community, not sell anything. Look forward to seeing you there. Um, for D17 clothing, what have been some of the main marketing initiatives that have worked for you guys, you know, from 2016 to now, like what were the different platforms or tests that you did in order to get to where you guys are now? Yeah. So I think really it took a lot, like I mentioned before, consumer feedback to really Mm kind of understand who that person was. Cause I feel like a lot of times, and this is a little bit of a gem that I learned, like, I feel like sometimes when you're going into a business, it's like, yeah, I have to find my audience and I have to niche down. But then it's also like, yeah, niches exist. This is just in my mind, niches exist, but they can be so unique or they can mm-hmm. be so broad that it's like, what are the three things that I can kind of piece together of a person and how can I develop in that into what a consumer looks like? Um, because like I said, athletics, design, and community, we have a lot of people that like sports in our brand. We have people that like the design lifestyle part of the brand. And then there's a third part that people really enjoy, um, a lot of our community activism, whether it's working with Howard County Recreation and Parks and being able to, you know, help kids pay for summer camp. It could be working with nonprofits like the third out here, which is a a women of color business hub. A lot of people like seeing that as well. Yep. And then being able to be like, okay, let's look back and let's now create product for those people and what they need. If it's our runners, they might not necessarily be looking for more socks. They may just want you know, shirts and hats, which is cool and easy Mm -hmm. to produce. The lifestyle people, they kind of play in between the athletic and the design and they just want lifestyle hoodies, which we're about to release. We brought back one of our like fan favorites from four years ago um, and kind of revamped it. And before I even started the production process, I asked on Instagram, like, hey, do you guys want colors back? Do you guys want something new? They're like, nope, keep it the same. So I'm like, okay, great. You know, now I know how to go to my producer and say, hey, you know, let's run this with the same, you know, production to the tech pack that we did before and not touch it. And then also kind of the back end of the running stuff is I've gotten real big into just like my SEO stuff and understanding what people are looking for to find me because mm-hmm. like I tell people, I'm, I'm we're not, we're, young, but kind of we're in like a weird toddler adolescence age that it's 
how can we now use like blogs in our social media to kind of target those people that, yeah, we're creating opportunity through sport. And let's say it's with running. How are we able to get that information to them in a way that's accessible? And they're able to tie that back and think about us when it comes to making another purchase. Where are they going? Are they doing it mainly on the website? Are they doing it via you know, the shop app, are they going on Instagram? And I know a lot of people are big on like the TikTok shop now. And I'm kind of like, yep. you know, do I want to do that? Is it the right people I want to target? Are people going to get mad that are my loyal, you know, consumers? I've recently, we've been getting into email. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, so many things. It's like, let's send the email before we do this. Let's do this before we do that. So now everything is kind of tactical and not just like, all right, schedule and go and just wait for the Shopify, you know, dings to come in. Um, right. But really building Which are some of the open. best sounds ever though. They are the best. I did I did get the little ticker thing that like it like flips every time you get a sale. Um, yep. But yeah, really understanding those audience segments, those consumer segments and getting that feedback and then turning that into products that people want. Um, and then going from there, that's really been what I thought has worked at least in the last – I can give it like two years has really been uh, really successful for us. It's so funny. You talk about the, the niching down. Um, we niched down, I don't know, three years ago, four years ago. And to your point, like they can be super specific or they can be super broad. And we still, we only work with e-com stores. So like technically mm-hmm. that would be a niching down, but as the time has grown, well, there's apparel, there is luxury items. There's all like, there's so many subsections that really we didn't niche down. We just work with a certain type of business, but mm-hmm. it's interesting how you've applied that to your target audience. And before the call we were talking, you had mentioned the mission. Um, have you, have you really honed on that? I know you have the three pillars of audience. Have you created like that company mission um, that is that North Star for you to kind of stay on track? Yeah. So it's kind of, it's not really like a public one, but it's no, more fine. or less, it's more or less like, a, you know, still always creating opportunity through sport and ways that you feel like are going to change the world. That's usually what I kind of live by. And it's actually, um, yep. I did a pair of collaboration socks uh, with my friend Saba of a business called Rendered in Washington, D.C. Um, because mm-hmm. I've always, like being in sports is funny because I'm watching the Giannis Antetokounmpo documentary. Like I've always remembered how these products have have changed the world, whether it was you know, Michael Jordan coming out with the Jordan one, D Brown pumping up his shoes before the dunk, uh, being able to see tiger in the Sunday red. Like it's crazy how these garments can really influence so much things and, and represent a people or represent a person. Or, you know, one of the greatest compliments I get sometimes is somebody will wear one of my shirts from years ago. And they're like, man, this is my favorite thing. Like I wear this every time, you know, it's so worn, you know, the graphic is hanging off, you know, like they, they kicked it to the dirt and it's still holding up and looks great. And, and being able to do that as well with our kind of um, opportunity through sports side, it's like, I've put on so many people to the sport of running in, in under a year. Like we started our run club um, here in Maryland, we went from zero to 159 runners in a year. 
and then being able to kind of put them on to like, hey, you know, this is the type of gear that we're making. It's not necessarily going to be some of the same stuff you're seeing. Like, I like really crazy graphics. Like, I like really mm-hmm. loud things. I like really weird color schemes. And it's like, I don't think you would see that in other places, but I'm also doing it in a way that is bringing awareness to, you know, runners of color, um, you know, really runners of any experience level. This is not just a competitive thing, but we do compete though. Like we do actually mm-hmm. go out and compete and, and participate in the major uh, races and I'm out there too running. So that's nice. the fun part, but being able to kind of bring that in our member and I'll kind of keep it short. I remember we went to a retailer um, event. They just had an anniversary event. And me and two of my teammates, we had our matching like D17 running jackets. But the thing about it is these colors are like, you know, obviously we have, you know, red and black, but we have purple, light blue, you know, crimson, all these different things with this huge 3M that's like extremely massive on it in the front and the back. And this lady comes up to me and she goes, um, excuse me, what is D17 running? Like, I feel like she was a little bit offended by how, wow, this piece, I'm telling you, the back of it is huge with 3M. And really the kind of process behind it was, um, you know, with Ahmad Aubrey, rest in peace, you know, he passed away running in his neighborhood and a lot of things with runners of colors, visibility on their garments. So I was like, you know, let's exaggerate it to the freaking this looks like a freaking traffic cone. And, yeah, you know, a lot of people, they don't see that part. But once they kind of get it, they're like, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't understand that. Right. And then when I'm talking to prospective runners, I'm like, hey, you know, we're going to, I'm going to back you with the information that, yeah, if you're going to start running, it's not going to be just pull up in a pair of Air Forces and start running. They didn't complain your ankles right. hurt. Like, no, we have partners that will help you get the correct equipment. We'll take you through what it's like on the competitive side because that's kind of the community aspect as well. Like people, they want to wear the gear. Uh, we participate in the Baltimore Run Fest annually. And, you know, they want to understand like, hey, this is going to be my goal for the end of the year. This is my fitness goal. I'm going to run this 5K. I'm going to run this 10K. Um, and my friend John, he ran the full marathon last year in the rain. You know, that was his thing. He stuck to it. He did it. You know, he had a, his D17 running hat from like four years ago. He's like, yeah, nope, this is my hat. This is my go-to. And I was like, all right, man, I did the 10K with my other friend, John. And, you know, we watched him truck through the streets of Baltimore in the rain with that hat. All he had was a tank top shorts and that hat on. And I was like, <laughs> you know, he felt some type of power and resilience in it. You know, all the hours and miles that he's put in, you know, it, you know, touches more things in my process in the business that, you know, he selected that to go and compete in that race. And I'm hoping to give that kind of feeling and awareness to other athletes and hopefully across more sports right now. I'm just obsessed with soccer and running and for some reason pickleball right now, but you know, it's just ever changing and I feel like it's so malleable and, you know, it it has like a defined thing, but it doesn't. And then it kind of all will, piece together one day and then you know i'll be a cool designer guy i'll go hang with pharrell and stuff and you know (laughs) i'll just you know catch me on vogue or something (laughs) that's awesome hey everyone needs their goals right the pie in the sky we all have one that's awesome it really sounds and i commend you for the community side of it it's really it's really awesome to hear somebody 
with the passion around the community around them, not just about the selling of a product or selling of the best product they can make. Um, yeah. And integrating it's, that. It's pretty, that's always been, ever since I was in high school, we were always taught, you know, like, this is like, you're going to be knowing these people for your entire life. And a lot of my friends now still, you know, going into my thirties, they're, I've known these guys since I was 15 playing sports with them. Now they're getting married and buying houses and having kids. And then now when I see the kids out here, I always, you know, there's always that one kid on the blacktop and I'm like, you know, you can do other things, man. Like, you know, you, you can have this goal, but you can try this stuff and try this. Cause when I was playing lacrosse, that was like where I had the number 17. I didn't start that until my junior mm -hmm. high school. I didn't even know about mm -hmm. the sport of lacrosse. That turned out being one of the better sports that I was in. I didn't start it until I was like 16. So I wish I kind of had that awareness earlier on, um, even with the running. I wish I, I ran track freshman year, but I really didn't really know what I was doing. And I wish I kind of had that awareness early on. And I wish I had the cool stuff to wear with it. Um, and even with my high school and even my college, like the community aspect, um, I know at Towson University, probably two years ago, I went up there and I gave out free shirts to all the students at the homecoming. I took 300 wow. shirts and I just was like, I didn't. Ha I was broke, just like y'all. I want cool stuff. We're not. <laughs> no disrespect to the family. We're not a University of Maryland. I'm not a Terp. I'm not a, a Duke Blue Devil. I don't have those license. We don't have those licensings. We get whatever is made. And so I said, you know what? I'm yeah. gonna make something dope. I'm gonna go up there. I'm gonna give them out to the kids. And that was like the best thing I ever did. Like I met so many people and made so many connections. And you know, they're like, "Who made this? This is for free." I'm like, "Yeah, just show me your student ID." And it's for you. I was a student just like you guys. I was up here doing stupid crap like y'all. I want a cool shirt to wear. And even two years later, I'm still getting, you know, pictures and videos and people being like, you know, when you coming back, man, when you coming back? And I'm like, you know, I want y'all to know I'm here and I support y'all. And I, and I understand what you're going through. I understand from a student, from an athlete, from, you know, working for the school, then being able to have those pieces and items to commemorate. It's just what I live for. And like I said, it was all free. I didn't, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't care for the money. I was just like, I want y'all to have this. And, yeah. and, you know, you don't have to go to the dining hall tonight. You can, you can go to Chipotle, keep your, keep your 20 bucks. Yeah. Like, it's cool. <laughs> that's awesome. It, that's, it's really, the community aspect super important. I commend you for that. I mean, I remember college, right? You're broke. You're trying to figure it out. The whole what's next thing. And like any free swag is like the best day ever. Oh man. The, the amount of people that they're like, this is like the best free shirt I ever freaking got. I'm like, yeah, yeah no. <laughs> like, I still have all my free freaking shirts from college and yeah. being able to like see that light on their eyes. And plus, we were able to, it was for the football game. And it's crazy. Like, you know, you know, the best form of marketing in my mind is word of mouth. And I remember mm -hmm. it was during the football game. And I remember after the game, I got like, 15 dms from the football players they're like yo are you the guy that made these shirts for the football team i was like yeah weren't you playing a game this entire time like yo we need some man i'm like i don't know who was talking where within the right. you know the realm and it's just crazy how quick the message moves and then that's you know at the business side it's like okay how can we then 
up this, also make it more accessible. You know, how can we work with the store maybe, or maybe a student organization? And even now yeah. we're planning for this year. Like I want to, I want Towson kids to do it. You know, I want that, that, you know, we can work NIL things. We can, you know, build those, those kind of avenues for the athletes for when they get those other opportunities. I might be the first one. So it's kind of building that as well. And it also helps me on the mm-hmm. brand side. I'm teaching them how to right. be influencers. I'm also doing grassroots marketing. I'm also making sure I'm getting the content correct, working with the correct partners and manufacturers. And, you know, I'll design it myself, just makes it easy. And right. boom, you know, brand <laughs> kind of awesome. just all comes together. So that's yeah. the fun part. I just I just like to have fun. I'd ride around with a truck with free shirts if I could, just throwing them like throwing them out like, the back. like a presidential rally, just like yeah. You get a shirt. You get a shirt. Everybody gets shirts. I wish I could do that, but it's not. It's not conducive to the budget. But you never right. know. Maybe one Definitely day. Still the, yeah, someday. And it's interesting you just brought up the manufacturing side of things. So being in apparel, if you don't mind sharing some insights for our audience on the manufacturing, I find that in my conversations with brand owners, um, that is the, always the biggest question mark. Because like we were talking about earlier, like somebody's always good at something, right? So you're phenomenal at design and you have this great analytic side of things. I'm really good at creating content, building relationships. Uh, I'm terrible with the finance side, right? Just, I don't do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And because manufacturing is such a question mark of like, where do you get it done? Who does it? What's your MOQ? How much money should I allocate? What was that whole process like for you so that you could be able to give away 300 shirts and know you also still had enough to keep the business going? Um, what did that process look look like for you? Yeah, I feel like anybody that's in the shirt or even apparel game, it's truly a lot of trial and error. And it's mm-hmm. truly a lot of like research. And it's truly a lot of what I try to tell people now. You have to look at it, what's tailored for you, where you are today, because Mm -hmm. you could go to like the top dogs, but they're not even going to, they're not going to take me. You know, the MOQs are like 10,000 units per size. We're not even talking about the full run. We're talking about, you know, if you want to do a full t-shirt run, you know, from whatever you feel your sizes are, let's say it's small to extra large, 10,000 a piece. That's, that's a lot of money, you know? And if you're not able to do that, you're going to put yourself in a rut. And then my thing always, especially what I've learned is start local and then start kind of like breaking out. Like I remember I was working with a local screen printer here in Maryland. I think their MOQ probably was 20 at the time. I know they've changed. The MOQs have changed crazy. I'm still learning that. Now, when I first started, it was like 25, you know, you could get 25 for about $10 a pop. Like, okay, cool. You know, maybe I'll mix and match a couple colors here and there. Usually they're pretty nice about it. As long as the graphic is the same, Um, you can kind of figure that out. Like, okay, if I have a thousand dollars, I can do, you know, this much on shirts. Usually I like to do things in three pieces, a main piece, kind of an accessory, and then like a side item, which is either like a bottle or a hat or something. Just for those that they don't want a shirt, they just want cool stuff, you know, for their everyday life. And then eventually as time grew on, especially being in the running space, you know, performance, 
fabric, you know, it comes at a cost and then being able to get somebody to do it in the right way, because eventually it's like, okay, now I'm screen printing on shirts. I think I want to get into embroidery. Okay. Well, now I want to get into finishing services. I want tags. I want, you know, custom packaging. I want, you know, there's so many other levels to it that kind of build the brand to it really just being able to understand like starting local, like, okay, there might be a print shop that's down the street, like, hey, you know, they might even do 10 for you or just a sample just so you can kind of get the content made and then kind of understand what people are gravitating towards. Um, but always in the manufacturing too, like if you're going to work with a bigger person, like let's say you're starting to get to like where I'm at now, it's we're in like the 50 to 150 MOQ per product. So, you know, our full collection is probably between 300 to 500 pieces being able mm-hmm. to get your tech packs. Like you have to understand how that kind of goes through because the manufacturers are only going to do what you tell them to do. And then being able to understand like, okay, like literally you, you have to like, like the office, like Steve Carell said, tell it to me. Like I'm five, like, you know, from the neckline, the graphic has to be put in centimeters too, just in case I like to do both. Like, you know, five centimeters down from the neckline, you know, 17 centimeters wide, Pantone, whatever you want, you know, being able to kind of understand those things because a lot of the bigger manufacturers, they're not, they're not going to say, well, I want a red screen print on a black shirt. They're going to be like, okay, we have 10,000 red swatches. Like you have to, uh, you know, understand which ones and being able to do that. Like you can go to your local library and, and, check out a Pantone book and literally just write them down. Like, okay, these are the ones that I think are resonating with me. And even I still refer to them now. Like, okay, these are the ones that I like to stick in. Here's the color palettes I'd like to work with. And then being able to go from there and then understanding, and I'll kind of tie it all back, understanding what's going to work for your business and what's not. Like, yeah, everybody makes t-shirts. Yeah, everybody makes hoodies. Yeah, everybody makes hats. But it's also like, What's going to be your, you know, difference maker? Is it going to be the packaging? Even, you know, I was getting a lot of sales early on because people just wanted the bag. They just wanted the bag that it came Mm. in. Um, Because around COVID, I wasn't able to ship. So I was doing local drop-offs and we ended up making a reusable tote bag. Because out here, you know, they made the law that, you know, you you can get reusable tote bags and stuff like that. So I was like, what if I just make some and I include it with every order? And as I'm riding around, you know, doing these drop-offs and they had clips on them and everything. So I'm like, oh, your order's outside. Mm-hmm. And I just place it down. And they're like, well, I just wanted the bag. You know, how can I get more bags? Then it's like, we turned into <laughs> making bags. And then it's, how can we make the bags? You know, you have to think about sustainability. You know, you can't just burn up a whole bunch of bags. You know, you have to be able to understand we can't mess the planet up because fashion is very wasteful. And then how can we not yeah. make it so wasteful? And now we're at the point that I've been working with a lot of like uh, upcycling artists to take some mm-hmm. of the old stuff to turn it. Like I have a guy, he's currently working to take some of our old windbreakers and turning them into running hats. So we're able no to way. kind of, you know, do that and collaborate with artists and like, Hey, you know, D17 and, you know, artists have put together to make an upcycled collection. You know, you can purchase it here or being able to, you know, sell it in different avenues or donate it somewhere. Um, so the life cycle can continue to go on. 
um, because I really don't want to waste anything because when you're small, you can't waste stuff because then stuff's sitting and then it's like, do I have too much inventory? Do I have enough? Do I pre-order? It's going to take too long. Am I pissing people off? I have to retain. You know, it's like you kind of have to tailor what fits for you at the moment. And I'm a guy who likes to break the rules. So you got to do something crazy. Like, you know, maybe get a hundred shirts, throw them outside. I don't know. <laughs> go to, go to a, go to a high school basketball game. Just be like, yo, I got a bunch of shirts. I did it. I just had a bunch of shirts. When I was in high school. And I was just like, made them on custom ink. I had like 50 of them. And I was just like, who wants shirts? Throwing them out. And then boom, you're in the yearbook. And you're like, remember when I did that shirt? When I was in high school with, you know, Corel painter and, CS3, you know, and then <laughs> kind of just goes from there. But, you know, you got to keep the budget in mind it's, too. You still got to advertise and keep your website up right. and all that stuff. So with the, the integrations, like the collaborations and the upcycle are, are those intentional? Or are you finding as business continues to evolve that it more becomes that things kind of appear almost as if out of thin air and opportunities present themselves or have you been going into it like this amount of years in business now things start to break down how can i repurpose these for longevity in in the environment are you intentional with it or these things just happening kind of naturally i think it's kind of a mix of both i I feel like sometimes you kind of come across it and then the purpose of doing it becomes intentional like when i met the upcycle guy I had thought about, you know, upcycling old product, but I didn't know how to do it. Like sustainability and and being able to kind of do that side. I, you know, I'm not versed in that, but being able to be like, hmm, I want to do this. And then I intentionally went and looked for artists that are like in Maryland or the East Coast that are already doing it. And then being able to collaborate with them, like, hey, we're kind of, you know, uh, sharing audiences, you get to get you get to tap in some of my audience because you're already making lines of, you know, making hats out of like old NHL jerseys and stuff like that. So it's like okay, we're kind of working on this together. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like every move that I've made has been intentional, but it came with like I found out about it like when when like we got into progression. Yeah. And it's crazy. I just posted it on LinkedIn today. Like the craziest thing about business is there's so many opportunities and it just turns into something new. Cause like I said, when I first started, I didn't make athletic stuff for probably two to three years until I was like, okay, well maybe we should go this route. Or even like when I started the running, people called me crazy. I remember I was walking around being like, Hey, join my run club. People are like, who the heck wants to run? Like, that sounds stupid. Yeah. And then now it's like everywhere, everywhere, everybody's running now. So I'm like, you know, I'm kind of like seeing the trends of stuff and I'm kind of understanding where it comes from. And even like we talked about earlier with audiences, a lot of our audiences between like 18 to 35, a lot of them are okay. college age or young adults or, um, you know, it's the things they do after work. They run, they play pickleball, they go to the bar, you know, they watch yep. sports, stuff like that. So it's like, how can we kind of jump into there? And which is how I got into the pickleball thing because I didn't even know about it. It's pretty big now. And I just Huge. played it we one time. We have a time. couple of clients in, this, in, the, in the space. Yeah. So I, yep. had, I had learned about it and I was like, I played it one time and I was like, this is pretty cool. And I found out like a whole bunch of my friends were already playing. And I was like, I mean, I could probably make some apparel around it, but 
I can make a t-shirt about anything. How can we kind of take it to the next level? Um, and that's when I connected with my friend, Mark. He makes pickleball. He has a pickleball uh, paddle company. So I was like, let's collaborate. And he is from uh, you know the East Coast as well. So I'm like, hey, let's kind of do this thing together. Your business is making paddle. My stuff is making cool stuff. Let's make a cool paddle and then be able from the content, like, okay, let's, you're a founder. I'm a founder. Let's make the content about two founders playing pickleball, you know, when they're 28, you know, you know, and then being able to be like, yeah, then he's from, you know, New York. I'm from down here. I'm like, hey, I'll just hop on a train with a couple of my friends. Let's just ride up there with a videographer and shoot the video. And then people can kind of see the people aspect. So it's intentional on being able to work with certain partners and clients and then being able to understand like, hey, this is the product that we're putting out. And it's like intentionally for you because I'm also living these experiences that you are. I'm also running the races because that's what I tell people all the time. And that's kind of our D seventeen is like low key thing. Like this is not for the lookbook. That I'm really out here mm-hmm. doing these things. Like I'm really <laughs> training for a half marathon. I'm really training for a full marathon. My teammates are also really training for these things. Like this is not just for in and out with the lookbook. Like, I'm really out there. I'm really yeah learning. I'm understanding where I'm sweating in the shirt. I'm understanding what other people are wearing. I'm understanding what they're looking for um, in a product. I'm understanding which are the bigger businesses I think we could align with because everybody could go straight to the top dog. But it's like, maybe I could work with this really emerging sneaker brand. They don't have no, you know, they might be small. Maybe we can work together and really kind of tap into those grassroots things. Maybe I can show off my creative side on the footwear side. And it's like, it can turn into something a lot bigger. Uh, So, and I kind of think of it like the, the air movie with Nike, like, I'm the, I'm the Sonny Vaccaro that saw Michael Jordan. And I'm like, let's get that guy, you know, let's, 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 let's build around this and watch it turn into this versus just, you know, going to get Sam Bowie. And then, well, we saw that happen, you know, know, (laughs) it's always crazy. And I feel like that's my biggest skill is I just have a crazy eye for opportunity and things. And like, Mm-hmm. Not to toot my own horn, but I got the Super Bowl first song correct two years in a row now, Rihanna and Usher. So I was like, I know, <laughs> like I have this like weird sense of understanding like what's to come and like what's kind of yep. sticking in my brain. Like, do I want to jump into TikTok? Who can I do that? I did that one time. I saw uh, my friend Yami. She was really starting on TikTok, kind of was getting a following. And I sent her a hoodie. It turned into 26 million views overnight, you know? And then I was like, huh, you know, and sometimes I'm not even surprised by it. I'm like, I kind of knew something was going to click, yeah. but I, she just, it just happened to click for her and she just happened to be wearing my hoodie when it happened. So wow. it's kind of like small stuff like that. I was on Complex Magazine. Yep. I didn't, I was just like, this seems interesting. I'm just going to send a box to the to the office and see what happens. They made a whole show called The Mail Room. They took my box and put it on the show. So it's like, you just no never way. know what could happen. Sometimes the unintentional is intentional, but sometimes you take a risk and it just somehow it works. Like works got, it's that little 1% luck. And I guess I'm a little bit of a lucky guy a couple of years. So I'll yeah. take it. Well, you never know if you don't try. I think that's where yeah. just taking the risks. Um, 
and you know, as business owners and families, you have to support and all these different things. Um, the risk can seem very, um, you know, fearful. It's, it's scary to do certain things, but also the reward. And I think that's, we're going back to the very beginning. We're talking about the passion of being, you know, that brainchild or whatever is it truly believed to your core. Like I'm going to figure this out. Taking those risks become a little bit easier to do. Yeah. And I think it kind of rolling off of that and I'll keep it short before I go to ramble brigade. Like I think it, I think at the core, I, one of my biggest skills has always been connecting with people. Like I really just mm-hmm. love, like I'm, I'm kind of like a quiet, like not super reserved guy, but if you met me, you'd be like, I got, he don't, he don't say much, but if you sit down with me like one-on-one, we can sit there and talk about so many things and, understand yep. and 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 find mutual experiences or common interests and it's like i kind of do that through the clothing like being able to connect mm-hmm. with people and you know like i said the businesses that we work with like we just worked with the Bowie bay Sox last year which is a minor league team under the baltimore orioles and did a community day and you know i didn't i didn't even come to the event with all that advertising and and everything I just came my friends and a bunch of hats. That was it. I made a cool custom mm-hmm. hat. It was a great product, but I made a bunch of hats and I gave out 200 free tickets. Like I was like, I don't need, I, I told you, I was like, I don't even, I just want people to be there and experience it and see this and understand it. And I'm just sitting, I'm just standing at the table talking to people. Like I'm literally just handing out hats to adults and the kids and, uh, you know, youth athletes just talking like, this is just who I am. This is the business I'm running. Mm-hmm. Here's the things that I'm trying to do. By the way, my name is Terrence. Like I'm the guy that's designing it. I'm the guy that's doing this and that. If you reach out on certain, you know, platforms, I'm the one you're talking to. You know, let's connect. Let's yep. do something. Here's my phone number. Can I, let's go get coffee or something. What can we do to do it? And literally this weekend, I'm going to Charlotte, North Carolina, to meet with a retailer. You know, they said some stuff online. I said, I'm going to come and I'm going to shake your hand and I'm I want to talk to you you know, face to face, even if nothing transpires from it. But understand this guy drove all the way from Maryland just to shake my hand and say, I, I want to partner with you. Let's let's make a difference in this space together. But I don't want I don't want to do it over email. I wanna if you're in reach, yep. I, I want to be able to make that connection and make it long lasting and whatever I can do to bring you value um is what I can do for you. And just kind of keeps going from there. I just pay it forward and I don't, I don't look for the return because, you know, yep. I'm, I'm fulfilled in my own life. I just want others to feel that same way too. Sorry if that sounded That's like amazing. emotional and savvy, but. <laughs> no, no, I think there's, there's so much value in that. We were talking in the beginning of this. The reason for this podcast is the, the value aspect. You know, if, if others can learn through our experiences, you know, that's, that's it. Like that's the great part about it, you know, and, and content being produced and these different things and, and learning through others. I think there's just um, a lack of it now as everyone sign up for my thousand dollar course on how to build an apparel brand or a marketing. And you're just like, well, I can't, you know, just help people figure it out. And I think that's like, yeah. the key to, to happiness in life. That's how it happens. A lot of, like I said, yep. a lot of stuff I get into, it just like bumping into somebody, like literally yep. it's either, from my other jobs, like even if it's just like, hey, you know, what can I do for you? It doesn't even have to be clothing or design related. It's just like, 
how can I help you do something? Like one of my friends, she's a photographer. Like, and we when we were working together, her name's Janelle, absolutely immaculate photographer. Even when she was going on set to shoot, I was like, I'm here to learn from you. I, I'll just I'll just set up the lights. Like, you know, I just want to be able to understand because I'm doing social media and you're creating the content that I'm posting. I want to see what your process is like and how you're doing it. You know, she's a great friend and colleague. And like I said, I would go with her everywhere just to set the lights up or just hook the microphones yeah. up, you know, just being able to kind of see that. And I feel like that kind of helps me when I was being a social media manager, like, you know, I have to be able to work with these people and I have to work with e-com. I have to work with merchandising. I have to work, I have to understand how I can elevate them because we're all in the same common goal. And even when I was working in right. ASICs, like, we got to sell shirts and sneakers. So I need to understand how your job is working to understand, you know, what it's like when you're getting the merchandise. How do we, how can we make sure we're getting our UTM, you know, tracking links correct? How can I make sure the content mm -hmm. is presenting it well to turn into sales? Because at the end of the day, I got to sell something. And uh, the more organic and, 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 and easy I can do it is just kind of just goes from there. And like I said, here I am. Almost 10 years later, I, I make some cool stuff. And I feel like every year it just keeps getting cooler. And I'm like, man, I got so many things. Like even the thing for working with retailers and partners. And now I get to work with my favorite baseball organization in the, the freaking world. And I'm like, you know, it's only up from here. And um, I'm just glad I'd be able to make the progress and just going from there. That's amazing. And so what are, as we're wrapping up the episode, what are some of the things that you're looking forward to um, for the future for D17 clothing? Oh, geez. Definitely working with like a bigger uh, like footwear partner. Um, I really mm -hmm. want to be able to kind of stick with the brand. We don't, we don't make foot, uh, footwear. So I'd love to work with like you know, on running or a Hoka or Asics or Under Armour, you know, even a Nike or whoever, whoever fits yep. our mantras the best to kind of be like, hey, you know, I've seen what they've done with Off-White and Pharrell and, you know, Bape and Stussy and, you know, all these brands. It's like, hey, you know, let's really take that activation a step forward, um, whether that is like an event about running or like helping kids or something like that. Um, I definitely want to get more into that, you know, the, my pickleball space and everything, mm -hmm. um, being able to kind of go across the country and, and meeting people and working with those retailers and, you know, understanding their needs and what I can do as a brand to kind of elevate their, you know, stores and brick and mortar spaces, or if they're doing e-com too, like how can we understand with the content and what we're doing to make those sales? And then kind of the last thing is, um, having more fun than I am now. Like I'm fairly new to my entrepreneurial full-time journey. It always was like my, you know, thing I do when I get home. And now, yep. you know, for those that have been affected by, you know, layoffs and stuff like that, I kind of took that mentality to like, let me really lock in on this thing. Like maybe this was my divine moment to really go for it and see what I can create. I always remember, you know, working and being like, man, if I had more time to do this, man, if I had more time to do this, I've yeah. got the time now. So <laughs> I got to figure something out or, you know, if another opportunity pops up, I'll definitely consider. But, you know, 
I'd love to keep having fun and keep running races, keep hanging out with my friends, keep making cool stuff. I hope there's a kid that my main goal, I hope there's a kid that gets one of my free vintage pieces. And when he, and when he turns 40 or 50 and, and, you know, his or her kids are looking at stuff online and they're like, look at this. I swear my dad had this hat, you know, when he was a kid, boom. They know I be, I tell all the kids all the time when I see them at the events, I'm like, you're going to thank me in like 30 years. I'm telling you, you're going to thank me because everything is just a big circle. And then boom, yeah. some, you know, some resurgence, like some kid finds a hat or that kid turns into freaking, you know, Taylor Swift or, you know, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes or, you know, yep. Aaron Judge just turns into this thing. And it's like, yeah, my dad had this hat. And then, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm a cool guy at this point. Just like, That's awesome. know, I have all I have an archive of stuff, and it's just like you know, I I just want people to have that feeling when they find it. It's like wow, this treasure has been yeah. sitting in my house, and you know, my parents got it a minor league baseball game forty years ago, and it still holds up great. And, you know, and being able to have that and having fun, and like you said, taking chances, and you know, I've gotten over my phase of blowing the budget because. <laughs> can't do that anymore but um you know growing the team you realize and, the finances are very important yeah 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 at some I, point I, in time you definitely as a business owner that uh transition takes place where you're like i don't think i need the newest sony camera anymore yeah yeah i, I i've been more multi-purpose now so i'm like okay yeah. it, maybe if i do get the camera maybe i could just you know take it with me when i go places and stuff or <laughs> Um, you know, being able to uh, still stay with the budget too. Like, you know, you got to advertise, yep. you got to make the product, you got to tell stories. And I guess yep. kind of a last thing, if I talk for the next hour and a half unsolicited, um, always just make sure that everything that you do is you're still having fun with it and always make sure that you're doing it and you have to keep doing it because a lot of people that they don't, they just never start, you know, taking that yep. first step and kind of just going, you'll, you'll get there. If you, if you keep the persistence, I tell people, That's go it. watch the, go watch the pilot episode of your favorite show. It probably sucked, Yep. <laughs> but it could turn into something great. Like we've all, a lot of people have seen the yep. pilot episode of the Simpsons. I think Bart had like four things on his head and his, and the animation was terrible. Now it's like the music parts with this stuff now, you know? Yep. You just got to start and, and keep it going and work lean. If you can elevate the revenue and stuff, kind of expand out slightly. Um, I try to put everything back in the business and go from there. You know, just keep having fun. Yeah. Like I said, here we are. I think it's making, great, making great stuff. advice. Yeah. <laughs> I hope, is, I hope someone finds it great. Yeah. And the key to it is to start. You know, I mean, I think if you have that fantastic idea or you have that thing that in your core, you know, that brainchild – is the key to is the starting. Uh, yeah. And there's a bunch of different ways to start, but it's the keys to start. And then the consistency and persistent, that, that is key. Cause some days it's not easy, but yeah, um, it's, it's, there's definitely ups and downs. Like for there's, sure. there's days I'm like, this is nothing. And there's days I'm like, damn, I missed my job. <laughs> like, excuse my language, but it's like, oh, yep. geez, it's been like two weeks. I haven't sold one thing. It's like, you know, it's so yep. up and down. It's like, man, I haven't sold. I sold a lot. 
Still haven't sold. Holy crap, it's the Baltimore Orioles. Oh, I didn't sell nothing. I sold too much. I need more stuff. We need more money. You know, it's just like you have to you have to be on the ride. It's like building a plane and you're flying it too and learning how to fly a plane at the same time. But you know, as long <laughs> as you can get analogy. that. Yeah, it's like then it's it's just so much and then it's it's but it's so fun at the same time. It's like you kind of have yep. to be a little bit crazy to do this. It's like definitely you know, there's some craziness about it. Yeah, there's, there's no craziness. parlay on this stuff. Like you can't no. cash out midway, you know. You no. kind of have to go my, in and do it. <laughs> my dad was a or it was he re, he's retired now, a, a small business owner uh 40 years. Oh man, just, that's a beautiful. Yeah, for, yeah, and you know he helped support my family. I mean, he he was a single entrepreneur, you know, in his office by himself. Um, and when I started this company, he said, "Well, Chris, if it was easy, everybody would do it." And I yeah. and like that just rings to me every time I have one of those days. Where I'm like, what am I doing? You know, this headache is just persistent, not going away. I just go back to that line. If it was easy, everybody would do it. And I, I, that goes back to your, we all have to be a little crazy to do this. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's like the Phil, like the great Phil Knight said, you got to be, you got to be a shoe dog. And, you know, somebody, somebody has to be able to get that purple Porsche that he wanted. You know, he had to be the guy, Bill Bowerman, and make the handshake and make a shoe based on a waffle. But like, yep. you just got to go and don't yeah. look back. And it's worth it. Yeah. It's worth it. It's, and, and here we are talking e-com yep. and helping people and spreading the word. And I'm thankful for you for your platform, being able to help people and doing that. And, uh, you know, hopefully I brought you some value today. Absolutely. As always, a great conversation, Terrence. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Um, really appreciate it, man. The story's fantastic. The mission, the values, trying to help the community thing is just it's awesome because a lot of times – Ecom brands, there's just no face. Just you're selling a product to a person. Um, whereas how you've integrated your, the community into it and just your fate—that's really awesome. It's inspiring, yeah. and I appreciate I, you coming on the show today. Thank you, I appreciate it. And like I said, if anybody wants to reach out or you know, I'm happy. Yeah, to where chat. can people find you? Uh, just D17 Terrence on all platforms, and just D17 Clothing on all platforms. My DMs are open. If you want to talk about the episode, cool. If you want to talk about sneakers, cool. I don't care. I, I just like I just like talking to people. <laughs> Love so, it. Or come watch me stream. You definitely right. go check out d17clothing.com. If you're a runner, pick up some gear. Or yeah. pickleball. Or play pickleball. pickleball. We'll have to come catch come. up on pickleball later. <laughs> Heck yeah. Come play with your boy. I don't even know the rules. I just like I just like hearing the, the dink noise, but like, <laughs> I just feel like I'm freaking Roger Federer every time. It's like, it's not that, but you never know. I love it. That's awesome. Terrence, thank you very much for coming on the show and uh, another great episode. Thank you. I appreciate it.